first test of the season. All right, his squad is in the house. Yeah, it's party time. All right now, baby, all right. 60 minutes falls out. Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Raise up Bear Claw Stinger. Ready? Bulldogs coming to the line of scrimmage. T-Wolves and their standard 4-3. Hey, 23. Don't think I don't recognize you, you butt motherfucker. Hey, pay attention when I'm talking to you, nigga. What? You're the guy who shot my mother, aren't you? Shut up, man. You knew I never knew your mother. Let's start it off. Daniel Jones is now the starting QB for the New York Giants. Now, this is kind of early. Um, I just don't know why you just didn't go ahead and make this decision week one. Uh, and I know it's a team that's in your division you could really care uh, care less about. But, you know, let's talk about it. How you feel about it? Oh, about Eli Manning finally, finally put him out the pasture. <laughs> I, think they should, I think they should have did this a couple years ago, personally. And Eli Manning is a representative of why we overrate QB wins. Because he's going to go to Hall of Fame solely because he won two Super Bowls and he played in New York. And that's it. Like, you ever take a look at Eli Manning's stats? Um, I did maybe like three years, four years ago. And when the big discussion yeah. was, I think the big thing was, well, who would you take, Peyton or Eli? That big whole saga thing they were talking about and um yeah i saw his numbers and i was like yeah i still pick peyton <laughs> i mean it shouldn't even been like an an argument but it's an argument because like you know eli manning was clutch and yada 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 and i'm like the, the times they didn't win the super bowl he never won a playoff game his team never won a playoff game so you take out those two super bowl runs and they never want to play off game on the Eli Manning. He's going to have a career right now. His career record is 500. Exactly 500. You know, living in New York is really interesting to hear people talk about Eli Manning. Because either you hear, I really love Eli Manning, or I'm ready for Eli Manning to go. It's no real in-between. Is either you love him or hate him, and I'm just like, wow, well, okay. Because a lot of people that I know that are Giants fans I always say, well, you know, it's the defense that really uh, got us those. Do teams. you know he led the league in interception three separate years? <laughs> Were you aware of that? Yes, I absolutely know that. <laughs> it's uh, he, he's a he's an interesting cat, man. I got more numbers. Oh, Dave, hey, you really want to spin about? Because you know, I mean, it's just kind of the thing. It's the whole thing because he played in New York. He had a couple hot runs at the right time. He got credit for Super Bowl wins, even though the defense, you know, was the providing factor on both things. He was stable. He was likable. They got to compare him to Peyton because he, you know, Peyton struggled to win his. Eli, you know, won his kind of like more recently in his career. So it was like you know. It ain't about stats. It's about leadership and da 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 da. And just ignoring, I'm just looking at. So basically, from 2011 on, he had one year when they won more than ten games. One year. It's 2019. Whoa! But Shahid, the division around that time, it was very competitive, right? That's the excuse they're gonna go with. Is that just? He played for 15 years and went to the Pro Bowl three times. Eesh. Three. Wow. I mean, I know the Pro Bowl, not the annual no, all, but it's kind of like, I just laugh at the fact like Matthew Stafford has all this money. He's never gone. Eli Manning's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And he's gone three times. Matthew Stafford, he's a, he's a, oof. He's another one. One day we have to sit back and talk about. But, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I just think that um, this is a decision that should have been made week one. And they shouldn't even have it. it. This was just silly. You know why it was like this? Because the last time they tried to do it, you know, the damn governor of New York <laughs> was about to step in. Everybody hits. He said, Eli Manning is a giant treasure. How dare you treat him like this for Geno Smith? 
So they benched him for a game. The uproar was so high, they put him back in. And then we did this song and dance. People are saying they should have drafted a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley. And, I mean, you know, Saquon's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Thank you. He's on that, but he's on that. But the whole thing is, you put, you put him and Odell Beckham on the same tie team was Eli Manning, and that wasn't working. Then you trade Odell Beckham because it's kind of like, well, you know, he's a distraction of this Eli's team and going to thing. And then it's so look at you now. And I was thinking about that watching Odell last night, and I'm like, the Giants had him. They traded him for no. They traded him for ego and pride. And now they only have Eli. Now it's, you know, Daniel Jones, a quarterback from the ACC. He's tall. He's white. He, he might be good. People people are saying he got drafted too high. And I try not to get into that the whole when you get drafted thing, but it's like they could have drafted him later if they wanted. They did not. So be it. We'll see if he's good or not. It just seems like they just wasted a lot of time on this Eli Manning thing because of like, you know, past accomplishments. We always use, you know, the Belichick example. He would have dealt with this a long time ago. Absolutely. Um, and I saw somebody had tweeted me, oh, I guess the Giant the Giants I guess what they're thinking is the Giants are gonna tank to try to get uh uh the quarterback from Alabama tour. And I'm just like uh-huh. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Arizona gave up on that quarterback. Here's the thing. They're not going to out-tank the Dolphins, first of all. And they just drafted a quarterback who they think is the future. So that would be – I know it's kind of like the Cardinals gave up on theirs. They have a different coach and a different regime. So that's why that was done. You know, so – and it's kind of like – that would just be wasted, you know, Wasted draft opportunity because Josh Rose at least had a pedigree coming out of college. Daniel Jones, people are like, well, when you make a pick and you get laughed at, <laughs> that's not always a be on and all, but it's like a lot of times it's not necessarily like good look. So oh. they got to stick yeah, with it. Just, yeah, they got to ride it out. I'm just thinking this whole, I, I just laugh at Giants fans. I just laugh at the Giants organization because they always so pious in this whole, we do things the right way. And they treated Eli Manning like a pope. I think Mike Luther wrote something about he's the most important giant in Giants history. And everybody got his back like, was Lawrence Taylor a jet? <laughs> Did you just forget about him? Like that's that's how much we overvalue quarterbacks. That the player that changed modern defenses and arguably, if he's not one, he's one a the greatest defensive player of all time is not as important to the Giants as Eli Manning. Because one guy caught a ball on his head. And Randy Moss dropped a touchdown. Mm. That's why he has two rings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and moving on from that, I guess we can talk about this because it was bothering me initially, but it's kind of da- died down some. But the whole <sighs> Tim Tebow and college athletes shouldn't get paid is for the love of the sport because my grandfather and my father went to the university listen one thing's for sure i understand i understand what people try to throw this thing well you know tim tebow he was dealing with the um, uh, ministry and all that stuff and he was doing this this and this i understand that but what people fail to realize is that he still financially was okay if he wasn't doing that, if he if he needed money here and there, or he didn't have to worry about um, his parents' lights being cut off, or any any of the problems that we typically uh, go through in our community, he didn't have to go through. And don't get it twisted. I'm a Florida Gator fan, and as far as the football field, and as a Florida Gator, hey, I, I was a Tim Tebow uh, supporter. Hey, he he got us a championship. It was cool. Now I can't speak for his NFL career. That's a whole totally different subject. But I just find it funny how passionate he was about this. And I'm just like, you're talking from what you see and what you went through. But your circumstances aren't like other black athletes starting the NCAA. And I just found it real funny and irritating to hear him talk about it uh, last week. You could have saved yourself a lot of words. I said, Tim Tebow's a hypocrite. <laughs> That's basically what he is. Like the man that tried to trade Mark Tebow in. That man is talking about, you know, playing for honor and pride. 
And Jamel Hill said something like, you know, well, you know, maybe black students should go to black schools for like, you know, iron pride for there. Like, if people gonna make money, let the schools make money. And everybody got on her for like, you know, oh, this is racist and da 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 da. And now Team Tebow is basically saying this whole play for pride for your school and all this. The bottom line is, white people have issues with black people making money. That's all this is about. It's always been like that. It's not fairness and the economics of college and to what about the polo team? Nobody cares. They just don't want black people getting paid. They, this country's never this country's never wanted to see black people get paid fairly. And that's why I always turn my nose at college sports because it's kind of like you see these college you see these college coaches making millions, millions of dollars. To coach this, the coaching game. Sometimes they get millions to go home. Mm. No one has a problem. You know, no one has a problem with these. You know, oh, he got a speedboat. He got a horse farm. You know, we paying his property tax on this house. Let a player get sell his shirt for a hundred dollars. Oh, we got it's the sanctity of the game, huh? Like this, and then student. It doesn't help the students. Well, I'm broke. I he got a free education. And I'm like, if he has to play for it. It's not free. Free is when somebody gives you something and you don't have to do anything for it. That's what free means. If you're providing a service for that, a service, you know, that far outweighs the fake value of a college education, a college education that the college coaches really don't want you to get because it's a nuisance, then miss me with all that. Like these schools have these their own TV networks, breaking in billions and billions of dollars. All these students go to these stadiums like rocking these jerseys and stuff like that and the players can't get a dime i went to college i could work them out when i was part-time i had a job i didn't worry about the nc the way getting you know getting me in trouble <sighs> but it's like as soon as you say pay or find a way you know make some money like even in california they passed the rule law so it's like you know they can get their own endorsement deals and people say oh well you know there's only going to help a few so what that's more than now nobody get help like how much how much money Chip Kelly does gets to get blown out every week? <laughs> you know, like tell like tell me how that's working. Like, miss me this and Tim Tebow got slandered, and if you say, oh, he just wanted to state his opinion and he got crucified, like he's entitled to state his opinion, but other people are entitled to state theirs, and his came from a place of privilege, which most people don't have. You can't have it both ways where you watch game day. It's like, oh, you know. His dad left when he was two months old. His mom was a crackhead. He had to wash in sewer water. And then he ran a 4-3-40 in 10th grade. And some white coach brought him in. Well, what a success story. Now his mom's off crack. He's just trying to make him proud. But then let him get some money. Like, nah, nah, we can't have that. Like, <laughs> it's no. Like, you can be, some of these people come from abject poverty. And it's like, it's not just taking care of them. They got to take care of everybody. And the notion of I don't want to see the game get compromised or dirty. The game is already com- it's already dirty and compromised. You don't think it's uh, uh, backdoor deals? Like you said, look how money the universities are getting. Getting just to say, just to look, look at your um, man from uh, Alabama tour. I wonder how many jerseys he's sold this, this season started alone. He's not going to see any of that money. Nothing. Because oh, well, you should just be happy to be playing for Alabama, man. My mom, my mom, my single, my my single mom, uh, about to lose the house or apartment, a lights about to cut off. So you telling me you can't, I can't get any money, or I can't do not just to sit here and just be like, oh, well, just wait till I uh, hopefully make it to the NFL, mom. Yeah, I don't know why we spend all this time. Like we hear this every year, and it's basically people who making money, like Dabo Swing tomorrow. I don't know about this integrity. They just get the transfer when they want, and now they want to get paid. Ain't the college football I grew up with. I mean, I'm making almost 10 figures a year. And you can leave whenever you want. Get paid by the school that's paying you now to leave, and they get money from the new school. And this just says it's just, it's funny how we worship capitalism and fair, you know, capitalism until it involves athletes, and then everybody want to be a communist. <laughs> then it's like, why don't you just play love of the game? You don't hear that. You know, people told me socialism is in America. It's bad. It's about get whatever dollars you can. (laughs) Not when it comes to black athletes. Then it's just every word in the book. 
I'm mad that we spent all this time talking about Tim Tebow because I'm like, I could just imagine that locker room with him, the Pounceys, Riley Cooper, and Aaron Hernandez were all on the same team. So you, you let me know how that turned out. Oh, you know what? On that yeah. note, let's go to the NFL. Because <laughs> that, oh, wow. Anyway, um, I guess I'll just start my bitching already. I want Kirk Cousins to go. Um, as a, as a, <laughs> as a Minnesota Vikings fan, we should have just kept Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater. There was no reason to let both of them go. Uh, this is just – this is bad, man. This is bad. And I know I was on the high last week, and you pretty much told me without telling me, pump your brakes. And I know, you know – it was. I was excited. It was week one, but week two brought me that back down to reality and our issues at the QB position. Um, and it's everything that I saw when he played in Washington. Nothing has changed. He hasn't gotten better. He hasn't gotten worse. He is who he is. In crucial situations, he's going to turn the ball over. 16-21, we're down at goal line. Uh, they do a play action. He rolls out. He decides to throw into double coverage. Damn, they're triple coverage. And he gets intercepted. I'm like, why would you do it? was first down. Just throw the ball away. It wasn't like fourth, three, fourth, the last down. It was first and goal. He just decided, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to throw this. I, as a QB I think that's the number one thing at the quarterback position. I think they tell you this, what, high school, college, and pros. Don't turn the ball over. The last thing you want to do is turn the ball over. Not to mention he fumbled twice. I think one we recovered and the other one, Green Bay. I don't don't like Kirk Cousins as our quarterback. And my prediction about us about Super Bowl, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. Hopefully, wild card. Hopefully. (laughs) It was all good just a week ago. It really was. In my T-shirt voice. What happened? It really, it was all, it was really all good. Because even even our defense, we made adjustments in the second half, and it seemed like we got, it was good to go. I said, okay, all the offense got to do, well, excuse me, all Kirk Cousins got to do is get going and not turn over the ball. And what does he do? Turn over the ball. Get it. get it out your system. Don't don't laugh, Jeff. Jeff, like, <laughs> you like, don't, don't laugh. Yeah, that's me trying not to laugh. I told you, and don't feel bad because this isn't the first time this happened. It, you know, Kirk Cousin used to be Jeff George, and he used to be Jake Plummer, and he used to be Jay Cutler. This whole well, if we get them. We can harness the tools. He's got the tools. This is attitude issues. It just needs to be in the right system. And then we can maximize it. And it never works. Never. And I've been hearing this. Like Jeff George used to be one used to hear all the time when sure. I was growing up. Oh, yeah. just, and how many teams tried with Jeff George? He had a big arm over yeah. and over and over again. Just give him a chance. He can do it. And then, you know, Jake the Snake Plumber is like, you know, you know, he beat Tom Brady in the playoffs and da 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 and hear all that. And Jay Cutler, he just needs the right thing. You know, Brian Gates, QB whisper, that's the thing. We got it now. And they're like, bring, you know, smoking a cigarette on the couch. They bring him to Miami for one year. Because, like, you know, he was whispering, he got an arm. That's all you need. And you see Kirk Cousins, he's got the tools, he's got the vintage stare. That means he has no distraction besides football. And he just needs to get out of the asthma and the nonsense of the Washington Redskins. And then a nice, stable organization with a hard-nosed coach surrounded by talent. He can do it. Let me tell you something. Don't fall for it. If he could do it, he would have done it. There ain't a whole lot of late bloomers in the NFL like on the quarterback anymore. Those days are done. There ain't no Rich Gannon. I, it took me until I was 33 years old to finally get good. Like, nah. Like you kind of you kind of know about like year three, year four exactly what you have, and Kirk Cousins is like you know puts up a lot of big numbers. Well, not when you're the game at crunch time, 
and there'll be a fumble doing a double coverage. And I was flicking back and forth watching the game, and I was watching. I was just imagining reaction because, yeah, I'm like, same old cousins. And you know, never fail. The funny thing about you saying it is, we tried this shit with Jeff George too. He was on Minnesota too. We did the same damn. Mm-hmm. Thing. What is it? Minnesota just try to think we could revamp these quarterbacks? No, the problem with a lot of it's not just Minnesota. It's you know the between good teams and bad teams. There's two things: drafting good quarterbacks. No, no. it's two. It's not draft. It's you get two things: management and QB. It doesn't matter how you get the QB; it's getting one. Because management, like when I say management, I'm saying having like stable management where everyone's on the same page, everyone has the same vision, they know exactly what it, what they want to do, and there's no conflict between coach and GM and owners. Like this is how we roll, and this is what we do. And then being state, not just correct, being stable at quarterback. When they be breaking down records, who's the best team of decades? It's normally like you know, what the most of the teams have in common is stable at quarterbacks. They may not all have great quarterbacks. They all have at least good young quarterbacks where it's like, I don't have to worry about the QB position. I can focus my money somewhere else. The Vikings problem, and it's been a problem for almost as long as I've been alive, is that they have rarely been stable at QB. And the closest stability they had at quarterback was when Dante Culpepper was there until the Tommy blew out his knee. And that's it. Everywhere else... It's just been, you know, we get somebody we hope, you know, we get. You talk about, you know, former Eagle, Jim McMahon. He was there. Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham. Hey, but we were close. Randall Cunningham, Randall Cunningham, to to his credit, won't his fault he ain't make the Super Bowl with them. Damn kicker fault. Everyone has a year or two. That's all I need. I just need one. No. I need no, one Super Bowl. Before I leave this earth, I just need one. Bowl. That leads you in a false hope. This whole, oh, he win one, you might have more, though. Because it's kind of like, who do you want to be? You want to be New England or you want to be Baltimore? Listen, you talk to somebody. you get one and you wait 10 years. You know what? I'm, I'm speaking as an Eagles fan. Like, I know we won a Super Bowl. It didn't bother me that much that we didn't win one because we were always decent. Like, I'm rather, because I was, I use an example because I got arguing with somebody and they were saying, like, oh, you know, Andy Reid's a chump. He never won a ring. And I'm, and I'm like, John Gruden won a ring with Tampa. Brian Billick won a ring with Baltimore. They both got fired before Andy Reid won. So tell me the importance of a Super Bowl ring if you only win one and you go back to being garbage. Like, that ring will not save you if you aren't consistently good. That's just how it works. That's why Mike Tomlin still has his job. Not just the fact that he won the ring. They're never bad. He has never had, you know, I mean, up until this year, he's never had a losing record. <laughs> I mean, that's going to change this year. You know how hard that is? And he's been coaching for a long-ass time. Yeah, like they put it that way. Been, like, yeah, and it's like because they had stability at QB. Seattle, the same thing, stability at QB. Minnesota's prop, like Green Bay. They've had stability at QB for like, what, 30 years? Because imagine you have Brett Favre, and then after having Brett Favre in the best of him, you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, and I, the fact that they only have two rings is just absurd. But that's that's neither here nor there. But it's just kind of like that's Minnesota's issue. It's kind of like they don't have to do their QB, and they pay. I mean, the money guaranteed. So <laughs> you talking about what you're going to do? Y'all paid all this money for a game manager. I mean, good good luck with that. It's kind of like <laughs> I don't know what to do, but laugh. We 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 knew it was a lemon. We took it off the lot. <laughs> we took it off the lot and expected the lemon to turn into lemonade. Nah, this is gonna stay just, as lemon. y'all. It's it's people gassed him. People been gassing up Kirk Cousins from the time he first backed up RG three. He's a real cheap He's got something about him, and that 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 that. that. I see chumps like him all the time. And we just want to talk. I mean, it's, it's like you can tell the between great, good, decent, and bad QBs. Like, it's some system matters. Like, if you don't have the weapons and stuff like that, man, but some get, you know, pushed up by the system where you take them out the system to track. 
Some are just like they're just guys. Kirk Cousins is a guy. I mean, he ain't Nathan Peterman. No, he ain't but that bad. He's better than he's better than <laughs> he's better than Case Keenum. Is he that much better? Is he almost twice the money better? No. He's not twice the money better. And that's the problem with QBs. Like, I don't have an issue with paying the quarterback. You just gotta make sure that's your guy. You know, like I don't mind overpaying I don't mind paying good quarterbacks like the great quarterbacks. I have a problem paying average quarterbacks like the great quarterbacks. That's the problem. And that's the problem you run into because it's kind of like, you know, you could have used that money for something else. Absolutely. And this is – I don't want this season – I just hate it. My number one thing is we have young, skilled players. And if we just oh, – I just feel like we're going to be wasting. We're wasting years, They're not going to stay young. That's stay young. my issue. Yeah. Thielen and, ain't going to be – Thielen ain't going to be oh. – it's just like you got Thielen, Diggs, and Cook. So this is two years that they have to deal with Kirk Cousins. It, it happens. Like, you know, think about all the, think about all the years DeAndre Hopkins wasted. Until Deshaun Watson got there, but at least he got Deshaun Watson now. Andrew, Andrew, Andre Johnson never got a Deshaun Watson. He spent a potentially Hall of Fame career playing with trash. Steve Smith, by the time he got to Cam Newton, it was like almost too late, and they ain't get along anyway. Just it's a lot of receivers that have dealt with that, you know. So yeah, I just laugh because I'm like Jacksonville. They got Nick Foles. They paid him accordingly. You know, he makes good start. He's Super Bowl MVP and coat hero or anything like that. You know, it's like, yeah, but still, we know he ain't great. We know it's based on the system. So pay him accordingly. So even if he gets hurt, it's like, you know, you didn't overpay. You paid that was, you know, that fit the market. And you're fine. You can't be like Kirk Cousins. It's like he was at the right. That's part of the part of Washington's fault. Because they could have paid him when they wanted, and they did the whole franchise tag thing and bumped up how much he was making. So Minnesota had to pay what they were paying, and you know it's like supply and demand. It's it's a little it's better now than it used to be, but back then it's kind of like it was like maybe seven to eighteen that were like staying with their QBs. Everybody was just like, we ain't sure, we hoping. And you do not want to be that whole, we ain't sure, we hoping, and you're talking about you're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Because you make mistakes like that where it's like, we got everything else. If we have a good QB, we go to the Super Bowl. Because Jacksonville did the same thing. And they made the mistake of not upgrading their QB. And now that window has closed and they're imploded. <sighs> Minnesota's stuck. Um, oh, well. Yeah, and I don't know how many more uh, post-game interviews I can take of hearing Kirk Cousins say the same thing he said last year. I got to take better care of the ball. You know, I have to play better for my team. I heard that every loss last season, and it's already started in week two with the same slow speech. I mean, if it was Ben Roethlisberger, he would have blamed, you know, if he had like Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, he would have blamed Dalvin Cook. Like, I, do, I was supposed to do that. He ain't running their routes. Listen, so I don't know. Kirk Cousins, if you come out there, he, he, he don't even have to be long-winded. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know who I am. Thank you. Get off the get off the podium because we know. I know now. Like, nobody – and I, I I can't believe I tricked my mind. <laughs> I tricked myself into believing. You heard what Bain said about, you know, most dangerous thing is hope. Because without hope, you can't have true despair. So – yeah, that's and I don't know if you saw the tweet I made regarding Kirk Cousins over the weekend. I'm pretty sure I did. Did you see it? I'm pretty sure I did and just oh. got irritated. Well, <laughs> I was just, just like, mind, I was like, you know, my father passed away and the only one of the only silver lines is that he doesn't have to see Kirk Cousins play quarterback anymore. Because he was from Minnesota. And he went blind before he, they signed Kirk Cousins anyway. So he's never had to witness Seeing that, seeing what you guys got at QB, and yeah, that cheered me up a little bit. Well, let's just uh, next week we got the Raiders. Ho- ho- hopefully, we can we can have a bounce back game. But let's talk about your Eagles. See, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be so much as big as you because I like the well, I don't like the I like uh, y'all quarterback. I like Wentz. So let's talk about y'all game. It's, what's there to talk about? It's kind of like I was surprised the game was as close as it was because 
when the game starts and within five minutes the the starting wide receivers and the second tight end are all out. And I'm looking around, I'm like, did they take a breather to the whole, you know, Dallas Garter, calf injury, questionable. Alshon Jeffrey, calf injury, questionable. Sean Jackson, groin injury, questionable. And I'm looking around like, wow, it turned to 2017. So, and then, you know, Wentz was just looking all out of sync, just forcing things, throwing to people you're not used to throwing. Aguilar was hurt, and he threw, like, two ugly picks. And I'm, and if you wonder, like, is he hurt? You know, he had a rib injury, and then he was out. And it's like, oh, boy, hearing this. Because I see Josh McCown thing, and I'm like, now we got to hear <laughs> Wentz jokes. And it was only for a few minutes he came back in. And I made a joke. He ain't letting Josh steal his spotlight and avoid no Philly con, no QB controversy. So, and then you know, second half comes, they get on the they go on the good foot, takes the lead. I knew Atlanta was going to score because Atlanta, because Atlanta always scores situations like that. You know, because it's kind of like it's Julio Jones. I told you about you know. Well, Julio Jones is going to do his thing. I'm like, it's Julio Jones. He's going to do his thing. It didn't help that I think Ronald Darby came back too soon from an ACL because he has not looked good these first two weeks. I don't know if he's just taking bad angles and stuff. He just kept getting torched by Jones and Calvin Ridley. So had that going on. They still weren't getting past rush. They start sending blitzes. You get in Matt Ryan's face, and bad things happen to Matt Ryan. He threw three interceptions. I'm, I was probably annoyed by that fourth down play because, like, you know, gutsy Paul, that looked like it was at least a legal man downfield or blocking the back, but they're not going to call that. Mm-hmm. With these resting, and I know, like I told you, um, Saints fans and Bronco fans have far more to complain about as far as those calls when it comes to that. So Atlanta takes the lead again. I'm still feeling like, you know, Eagles got time. When Nelson Aguilar dropped that ball, I'm Ooh. like, you're not winning. Ooh, I still had hope. I, I knew it. I knew it. No, I knew it then. I knew Because you don't get chances like that. And the thing was, his first two years, he was known for drop. you know, for drops. That was his thing. Cost game. Like, he was like, got back to the point where he got benched. And then, you know, year three had his breakout year. Year four is kind of like a funny year because, like, basically him and Golden Tate was trying to do the same thing. So they were – people were surprised that he stuck around because this is his last year. They didn't trade him. I doubt they're going to extend him. So it's kind of like, you know, he's there. And then he's taking up all the slack because the other receivers are hurt. But as soon as he dropped down, like, yeah, this is a wrap. That fourth down play that Wentz threw up. I just laughed because it's kind of like how they how to get open. But Wentz does Wentz does weird stuff like that because that wasn't his best throw. The one where his knees almost touching the ground. Oh and yeah, he still got that pass off. I'm like Carson Wentz is a strong man. Carson Wentz is athletic. Like this, I think people just kind of forget when they talk about great QBs, they don't really talk about him. They talk about him like oh he could be, but he still question marks. And we're like, like, if he get hurt in 2017, he'd be an MVP. Like, he's, he, like, where's the, like, he, he's been on Sunday night and Monday night football enough to kind of know that this guy's good. So, I, it's still this whole funny disconnect. It's kind of like people still unsure. It's something about, I, I don't know, I can't, <laughs> I was like I said last week, it's something about him that it has to be either he rubs people the wrong way or some about him that maybe is standoffish to people where they can't read him or I don't know. It's just they don't give him the love he, no. that he – I don't know. He I don't got – I already know what it is. He got hurt and Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So they forget what got to there. They got they forgot what led to that and his focus at the end result. And then the same thing happened last year in the playoffs where it's like, you know, why life at QB wins. Nick Foles gets credit for them beating the Bears even though he had a bad game. And the only reason the Eagles lost is because the Bears kicker, you know, kick got tipped and hit two crossbars. But all of a sudden, that turns like Nick Foles' magic, and 
the Giants coach losing his and the Bears coach losing his damn mind and trying to like nine kickers. I'm like, this football is a team sport, but we give too much weight to QBs and you know both positively and negatively. So you know, and then they're still driving that fourth down play. They need nine. They get like eight point eight five. And I like, of course, because Zach Ertz, one thing is he's great unless you need to run after the catch. Because he will, if there's anyone around him, he is, it's almost a running joke. He ain't breaking no tackles. Like, that's his thing. Like, he'll he'll get the catch. And if there's anyone around him, that's all he's getting. And he should have ran far, you know, the route should have ran him farther there just to be on the safe side. He thought maybe he could hook and get around. But he didn't. They lost. Loss didn't bother me too much because it's kind of like, you know, injuries yeah. on the road and stuff like that. It was just more like it's a weird game. Then it come to find out Tim Journey and broke his foot. So now our defensive line depth went from being an asset where we had too many people to um, two of our three main defensive tackles are both out. One's for the year. One is for like a month to two months. Still not getting pressure from the defensive line like we should. And the secondary, ugh, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting sick of your man Andrews and Dale the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and they have a lot of cornerbacks, and all of them are inconsistent. So people were hoping that they get Minka Fitzpatrick. I didn't think they would trade for him because he wants to be a. They want Eagle fans want a replacement for Malcolm Jenkins. They look at him to be like the way he wants to be a slot cornerback. They got slot cornerbacks. You're not going to trade for somebody that doesn't want to be a, you know, Swiss Army knife and try to force them to be that because it's like you just run into the same problem, winning, no winning. And then, of course, you know, Pittsburgh had the higher pick. So that pick makes sense for them. <sighs> that trade is kind of like – I see the good and bad for both of it because, you know, Miami's whole thing is he doesn't want to be there. You get a potential for a high draft pick, you get value there. Pittsburgh is you get a – first round talent on a cost control contract for a few years. My disagreements with the trade would be if you Miami, okay, draft picks are fine, but people tend to forget you get draft picks with the hope of getting good players. That maybe he we maybe we'll get somebody that's as good as making Fitzpatrick. And this whole well he and our timetable, this only his second year. Like this not like it's not like he's 29 or 30 or something like that. It's his second year. So what's your timetable? Like you thinking, oh, you know, two years from now, he's going to be too old. <laughs> like when we finally decent. So that part I didn't get. And then from Pittsburgh, it's kind of like, you know, you basically buy like you assume making Fitzpatrick would be better than whatever you could get. That pick could be like top 10. That could be like a seventh or eighth pick. And then you're just hoping like, you know, what you have it's better than what you could get. And somebody made the comment saying, well, Pittsburgh can't drag corners anyway. So there you go. So we'll see. We will most definitely see. Uh, other than that, uh, we can look at some of the games throughout the. Oh, week. I wanted to bring up. No, no. It was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, speaking of trades, Jalen Ramsey's on the market. That's what I was going to end up with the last thing. A man said he want out of there. I saw the little um, <laughs> clip of the squirmish him and the coach were having. They like they were ready to fist fight. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who goes after him because I would not smart. be surprised if the Cowboys try to make a move. I they don't have the money. You don't think the cow? Somebody the Cowboys no. can find a way. They don't how. They because they still got to pay. The whole thing is they have enough to sign the people they have now. Now, yeah, okay. They, and they've signed like Jalen Smith. They signed Zeke. We're gonna assume that they signed Dak, mm-hmm. and eventually they'll sign Ari Cooper. You know, Rush. But you can't do that and then sign Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey might get paid. So you do that and pay him. Oh, this is his. Then, uh, this is his payment. Okay, never mind. Yeah, never mind. It ain't just like we just get like they're not gonna do it for a rental. Like he wants to get paid. So they don't have the money to pay him and pay people that, you know, because it's kind of like you're going to have to pay Vanda as soon. And you have, you know, Amari Cooper's taking his time. He's like, I'm making good money. I'm in no rush. But it's like you figure he's going to get paid too. So it gets to a point where you can't have a whole bunch of people making, you know, top three money at their position. Normally you can have like three at the most. 
playing like six or seven because then it just ruins your depth. So, and also keep in mind, Jalen Ramsey said he would never play for the Cowboys. Yeah, he did. He said he felt slighted <laughs> because they drafted Ezekiel Elliott over him. And I remember a lot of Cowboys fans being mad about that because they wanted Jalen Ramsey. And he was like, y'all picked him. I ain't never playing for y'all again. It's funny how that happened. Randy Moss was pissed too. He got passed over by the Cowboys. Thank goodness. Um, but like all the teams people get passed over for. So, but it's like the Cowboys just rubbing the wrong way. So I'm not surprised because it's kind of like he has a brash personality. Tom Coughlin is straight out the forties. Like he'd rather be coaching yeah. Captain America. Now with that brash personality, I'm just waiting for the stage where it becomes, is he, you know, when they start reporting, is he going to be an issue for wherever he lands or whatever team he ended up going to? I'm just waiting no. for that. Snow- I'm waiting for that snowball effect to happen. I mean, I mean, for what? People have been talking about him and his personality since like for like the past two years. So it's yeah. not like it's going to be anything new. So. But the thing about it is the first year they talked about it, it was, oh, this is what makes this guy tick on the field, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. It's what drives him. Last year, it was more of, oh, he's a distraction. This could be a so distraction for the team. So I'm just wondering, wondering how it's going to swing. I'm just I'm waiting to see how it's going to swing. Because I, if, I, Jeff, you already know. If you win, it's great. If you lose, it's bad. Not, not, according, so not, not according to Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> damn about Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is in the Hall of Fame because he won. Yeah, that's but, why. But, and Archie, but, instead of you know, lose like Archie Manning, no one cares about that noise. Like it's if you, you know how I know because I watched the Eagles embrace Michael Vick, and Michael Vick became the most beloved athlete in Philadelphia. You don't know why? Because they won, and that man did federal. That man did federal time. You still had that pocket. You still had that pocket. Oh, I. And you always gonna have that, but you always gonna have that pocket. So what? Like, who cares? Who cares when? We shall see. It's good. Like I said, it's gonna matter. It's gonna definitely people matter. Defend, it's gonna matter what team you go to. Ben Roethlisberger, because he, yeah, that's what anything else. Like people defend Ben Roethlisberger because he, because the team won. If you win, they'll make excuses for you. If you lose, they're gonna trash you. That's just how it works. It's fine, like you know. So what? <laughs> I mean, like honestly, so what? So he, you know, oh, he's a diva. Most great cornerbacks are. They either divas, they draw my money. So what? Oh, you think you think a team not going to trade for him or pay him? A team with some salary cap? Issues? Oh, he's going to get his money. Nah, I'm not yeah. even worried about it. He's going to get paid. Right now, and his arguing, it's like I'm hearing the same thing. They're like, oh, well, you know, he wants to play man, and he, you know, he ain't going to fit in the in the system. He a malcontent. And other fans like, you damn idiot. Like he's better than anything we got. Like what are you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, oh, he might be like Nandi. I'm like, no. Nandi was got at the tail end of his prom and then there was a system change. Jalen Ramsey hasn't even reached his prom yet. It's but I'm glad GMs never listen to their fans. Cause fans all just this really hard nose and da 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 and everything like that until they start doing stuff. Because it's kind of like the Sean Jackson's beloved in Philly. And you wouldn't think that based on his personality and stuff like that and how it started. But it's like he's almost like Iverson. So you wonder why? Because he produces and he puts it all on the field. You produce, they love you. That's all you got to do. So that whole talk is going to be a mountain. Who want to be a mountain on Jacksonville? They blew their Super Bowl chance. They you know, it's like Doug Marone, this whole hard-nosed, hard-ass coach. That shit don't work. That work. You might get like two, three years, and you gotta, you gotta win to pull that off. Otherwise, number one, trying to hear that shit. You know, it's funny that coaches still have that mentality in 2019. That, that, that. I don't know that. My way, oh. my way, or the highway. Because these players today just they shut, they shut down on that shit. They really do. Because old people don't change and young people do. That's why. And I'm surprised. And and, and, and then there's a lot of that, that whole paternal thing like, oh, you ain't have a dad, so I'm going to be your dad. You don't know any better. And these people come out making me like, get the hell out of my face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 
the ultimate cheat code got off uh, this week, this Sunday too, because Patrick Mahomes is just fun to watch play. Four TDs in one quarter, and the game was over with. I mean, of course he was going against the Raiders, but it's still fun to watch. Hopefully, uh, Kirk Cousins can put up at least two touchdowns, maybe one. I'm I'm almost feeling a certain way with Mahomes during the quarter that most QBs don't do in the game. (laughs) And and that's always a thing. Like, you know, we talk about what Kansas City, like their defense would be the key. Like, as long as Mahomes is healthy, they can compete with anybody. That's basically like, you know, that's almost kind of like, you know, you have, it's been a long time where you, you know, you people been afraid of teams. It's been a long time since you were afraid of a QB like that, where it's like, I don't want no parts. Maybe like Aaron yeah. Rodgers in his prime, like yeah. that, you know, because and like Tom Brady when Moss was there. But now it's like you know, because it's like it's been a lot of times where it's like you know you don't want to play the Saints, like because it's like the Saints offense is just run a rough shot. But that's the whole offense. Kansas City is like you don't want to deal with it because Patrick Mahomes is there. Because keep in mind, Tyreek Hill was was hurt. You know, Absolutely. their running backs are both banged up and they don't have Tommy Kill anymore. And they still slouch at people. They could be down 21 nothing. They don't make a damn difference. Like, that's what happens when you can score you can score in two to three plays. And that's it's like there's no way to coach that. It's they ruined you know why Jalen Ramsey getting traded? Kansas City ruined them last year. Kansas City broke the spirit of them. Because the Jaguar defense used to be Billy Badass. And they ran into Patrick Mahomes, and it was like, oh, it's a wrap. And look at and look at Jacksonville now. That's that's what Kansas City. That's that's what what that's what a weapon like Patrick Mahomes does. It makes you change your whole outlook of your team. And you know another thing about that, it just goes to show you Andy Reid is always working. He's always tinkering. He's always learning, and he also puts his QB in the great positions to show their strengths strengths and not their weaknesses because you really don't see Mahomes in any bad situations. Now, of course, you know, playoffs and stuff like that, you know, what was new to him was different, you know, because the playoff is a different different atmosphere. And whatever, yeah, whatever. I mean, but still, they, they should have they beat New England. Oh, like, most definitely. People, this whole thing is kind of like if they don't drop an interception, but the guy on the line offsides, or they don't call that BS roughness. Like, it was like three or four things that had to go wrong for Kansas City to lose. If only one of those things don't happen, Kansas City Super Bowl champion, because they would have blew the brakes off the Rams. <laughs> and then we talk, and then we, Andy Reid is, is, you know, an offensive genius, and Patrick Mahomes is God, because people are just wondering how much money he's going to get when he gets extension. Give him all the money. But that number was what gonna be forty average per year. Oh I mean, basically it's people talking about like the high numbers like in the high like the mid to high thirties, if like you know, like Dak might get if Dak's getting more than like golf and Wentz, he might which I'm gonna laugh at when he gets, he like 30, 36, 37. How much do you think Patrick Mahomes will get? I don't know if he like he's the reigning MVP and he and this year he's proven this probably was not a fluke. Hey, <laughs> so how much money he getting? Possibility to be back and back to back MVP. <laughs> it's possible yeah, he gonna do it again. It's not no discount. This whole world, you can't pay a QB a lot of money when yes you can. <laughs> you can make it work if, if he's good enough. It's just been it's just been fluke situations because I used to hear the same argument about um, one of the things when Fletcher Cox from the Eagles got his big deal. Defensive players that make that much money, none of them won the Super Bowl. We go look at look at JJ Rock, Marcel Darius. You don't hear that argument anymore. You want to watch it? They won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like if you good, it don't matter who you pay. This whole, what's this whole? Well, the best thing is having a good quarterback on a cheap contract because you can pay everybody else, which is fine. But what if you don't have that? You can still. Oh, you can't win anymore. It's the Patriots make it work. Hmm. I mean, they born. Boy, like dude. I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's it's we want some of the shenanigans involved in making it work, but you know, you can make it work if you're good enough. It's, nobody gonna think 
you know, oh, substance of one because the quarterback make too much money. It's like, no, that's not how it goes. And what's the alternative? Somebody brought it up, well, how about you just draft a new QB and then you get to do that all over again. That's easier said than done. How many good QBs come out in the draft? Exactly. You know, what? Two, two, if you like. Yeah, maybe two. Maybe three, and you got to be in a position to draft them. Like, if, you know, you go certain year and ain't there, then you stuck. Ask Miami about that. You can just get a QB whenever you want. You remember that was they the haven't thing. had consistent QB since Marino. You remember that used to be the thing too back in the day? Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in the first round. And and it just shifted away from that. It's like you have to be really good to great for you to get getting picked in that first round. Now, Word. Sure. Well, you know what I'm saying. Who, who, who start I mean, you you would think that's normally the case, but we saw Mitchell Trubisky and Daniel Jones, so is that really the case? Uh, Mitchell I mean, if, if you big and white, you still don't get a chance. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, people, teams had a chance to get Patrick Mahomes. Wait, well, you know what? Time out. Before you say that, I think what it is is that, too, them workouts and, and the combine, people really over-evaluate that stuff. Because they, I think that's how the Daniel Jones thing happened. He did so well at these workouts, and people were so impressed that somehow – out of nowhere, he's a first round pick. You ain't no nowhere he's big and white. You know what I'm saying. You ain't here. You know what I mean, but that's the thing. That's all you gotta be. Big and white at a big school. Have we learned anything from Ryan Leaf? No. I guess we, we, we're not gonna learn. I guess so. We ain't gonna learn. That's why Brock Oswald keeps getting chances. We ain't gonna <laughs> learn. Like, imagine watching this weekend. And watching all the black QBs do what they do, and we still hear this argument about, oh, I don't know, no. <laughs> Imagine, you know, Lamar Jackson. People want to turn him a slot receiver. It sound real stupid right now, and it can't be the whole thing, bro. Because he ain't played Miami this week, and he, they basically did the same mm-hmm. thing. He was on like, fire. You see that? You know, you see that. You see Dak have another good game. Like hey. it's just all these young. All these you see Mahomes do what he do. Like you just have all these young quarterbacks in positions to succeed, and we're still doing this whole we're gonna get a big white guy. And that's the problem. This is the problem. What you saw with Mahomes and Jackson is uh, a coaching staff that said, "Okay, we see all their strengths. Let's do that. Let's let's work on that. Let's use that for our advantage." And these coaches out there don't want to do that. So that's why you have your uh, Mitchell Trubisky and, and, and your – I'm going to say it. I'm going to say no. it. And your Jared Goffs. <laughs> no, I'm going to say this. It's not – Chicago is not – Chicago is not using the best of the advantages. Like, what advantage – what's Mitch Trubisky advantage? No, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I don't know his – I don't know any – I don't know his strengths. Nor did I watch him play in, in North Carolina or whatever. He Let me put this way. If he was a different complexion, they'd be describing him a a completely different way. Because he plays like one of those, like an HBCU QB. Because he's athletic, he runs around, he can't even throw to a certain side. Like, yeah, they'd be talking about him like he can't read. They'd be talking about uh, he can't read defenses. He's not smart enough to pick up the playbook. And he's just trying to athletic it out. Hmm. That's exactly how So we already, like, look, we already know. We just doing this whole song and dance thing because that's what we do. We still doing it even to this day. When when does the song and dance stop for uh, Jared Goff? Seriously, because I'm, I I I gotta say it. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I told I, I mean, I told you, like Sean, you know, Sean McVay's pulling the strings. Yeah. And it's kind of the whole thing. It's kind of like you know. They did go to the Super Bowl, so he's going to get some credit for that. They did just pay him, so he's going to be theirs. And also, it's, you know, you really want to touch your genius by thinking that Blake Bortles going to be the dude to do it. <laughs> you know, like I know yeah, it's like upgrade, uh, you know, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks and everything like that. But you, you're taking that chance. I just don't believe – I believe – I do believe the coaching – is with putting uh, Jared Goff in good situations, and he does have a oof, the the skilled players he has around him. Man, 
So all he really has to do is not fuck up. Don't fuck this up. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's like, don't, I don't like making fun of players at all. They got talent around. Like, you're supposed to put talent around a great player. You're paying that, you're paying Jared Goff that amount of money. It would be a disservice to not give him the weapons. So, like, it's good that he has good coaching. It's good that he has the offensive weaponry. That's what he's supposed to do. Is it good enough is a different type question. And right now, the fact that it's a question and you paint him like it's not a question leads to issues. But, you know. What I'm saying is, age. look at your teams like uh, your, uh, maybe like Washington or Buffalo, where certain seasons you don't have those skilled players for a quarterback that may be decent or good. And they don't have people that can get separation, or they don't have that running game that's, they need. That's, that's those are completely different situations because they're just bad franchises. That's a difference. It's in between, like I don't have like Minnesota is the whole thing where we had the weapons, we just need somebody to guide them, and the belief is everything else is straight. I could put Aaron Rodgers on the Redskins right now, and what's their record going to be? Eight and eight, maybe, maybe, and it's Aaron Rodgers. It ain't nobody you put on a risk and that's gonna put them make them a playoff team right now. Unless what? Um Dak Prescott shot Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz shot Dak Prescott. <laughs> so it's kinda of like some situations it doesn't make a difference because the franchise from top to bottom is just in disarray. The Rams are kinda of like, you know, they did go to the Super Bowl. They do have a good chance of going back to the Super Bowl. I just always laugh because I hear people just you know, Sean McVay and Sean Payton just gas him up. He's these geniuses. And we're about to find out, you know, Drew Brees is out. Might be a couple months. You know, you know Sean Payton just signed an extension. We're going to see how smart he is. <laughs> you know, when it's like, it's different. Like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. a lot of people like him. You know, because he, he got a big smile and he came from his injury. He don't have a beard. So it's like, people like Teddy. He does a little sand. <laughs> it look a little different. Those, you know, those passes to Michael Thomas from Teddy than it is from Drew Brees. Like that. Listen, I'm a camera, ice it up. Listen, if you're gonna have Teddy Bridgewater out there, you're gonna have to open the playbook up. And from the the little bit of that game I watched, I didn't. I saw them being more of let's just get through this game. I, for for whatever reason, I don't know how well he knows the playbook. You think he would know it pretty well, being they said that John, uh, well Peyton is he loves him and he wants him to be the next quarterback up if Drew Brees you know leaves. So. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> you had know. to say he had a beard. That was unnecessary. I mean, that's it's cool. So we'll we'll see. You know, with him being out, then Roethlisberger being out. You know, and I just laugh like football is tough. People get yeah. injured. So yeah. this whole health is a still crap. Is like sorry, everybody ain't Tom Brady. Did the they fake nano bubble water bubble jumbo stuff that's going on? Like most people get hurt when you play football, and you just hope it. You just hope it's not your turn. So I just laugh because I hear about the genius of Sean Payton and Sean McVay, and I'm like, whatever, whatever y'all say, y'all keep, y'all keep telling yourselves that. Well, uh, the last thing before we close out the show for this week is. I did it again, Shahid. I failed inside of the Minnesota Vikings Twitter verse, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And I have to say, I went a little bit too deeper than what I should have. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of racist Minnesota fans. Why you, you, sound, you sound surprised. Ooh. When, when, uh, when Stefan, uh, I can't think of his name, when Diggs threw his helmet off and I guess looked at the crowd or whatever, man, that Twitter machine and the Vikings fans, oof, I had to get out of there quick. You, you, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, Western racism is just wow. polite. It's, it's there. I don't know if people just make the jokes like between. Milwaukee, Green Bay, and Chicago. Boy, y'all gonna hear them jokes. We gotta do things the right way. This is a, I don't know about all these colors acting right now. Don't, don't you know? It's kind of bothersome. Oh, this N-word it cost, <laughs> us, cost us a penalty. What is what is wrong with this ape? I was like, what the 
fuck is going on right now? <laughs> you what you, I know you lived there, but you thought they were nice. No, it, it, it's not that I didn't. It's not that I didn't. I just never went that deep into it. And I usually, when I watch the game, I'm either like, I'll, maybe I'm texting you, or maybe I'm texting somebody else, or maybe I might say something on Twitter. But I was actually inside the the whole Twitter thing as the game was going on. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy right now because I always knew it was there, but just seeing it, yeah, it was different. It was different. So that made me say, you know what? I'm going to put my little tweets out in the game, but I'm not jumping back into as the game rolling and seeing what other Viking fans or you know whoever team we playing saying because, yeah, that ain't for me. I mean, let's, look, here's the thing. It's football. Football tends to bring out the worst, you know, just bring out the worst in, like, in people. Football fans are horrible. They out of sports fans. I don't know if they're the worst out of all of them, but, like, out of, you know, they trash. They just are. So it's just something, I don't know, it's like the violence, the passion, and, like, the fan base, because it's kind of like, you know, the fan base that you see on Twitter is mostly like angry white guy. Football is like you know seventy, you know seventy percent black. Do the math. What you think gonna happen? Yeah. And it's also it's a situation where a lot of these players are playing in cities where they normally wouldn't live. So that's also gonna be a thing. You know, that's that's just the way that's just the way it is. So. Yeah. It's easy to say stuff, you know, on social media. I know it really is because if they were in front of him in person, they might try to be slick, but, yeah, they don't want to get checked because, you know, that's that, that's the reality. They will get checked. It's easy to say it at home or in your car or whatever you're doing, but I just didn't realize that it was that. No, I realized it was that bad. I just never saw it. You just don't want to believe no, oh, I had God. to see it, you know, seeing it for your own eyes is just different. It's like, oh, okay. So this is how we doing it. Because I've seen uh, 76ers <laughs> uh, Twitter as the season's going on. And that's only because, uh, I don't know, what, two or three 76ers fans, and you you including. So it's just fun to see with 76ers fans when the season is going on. They're they they obnoxious, too, because they got a chip. Because they're finally going to got a chip on their shoulder, and they still got this whole <laughs> – no, I don't want to get started on that. But, Ooh. yeah, let's just say it's some, it's some polarizing players on the, the Sixers the, the that brings ben, out the best and worst. Ben Simmons. Yeah, ben Simmons and Joel B tweets, like <sighs> – that's a funny dynamic on both sides because they get it's weird where I, I think you can wrap up with this. It's just weird where it's like how they looked at from both sides on both ends because it's like, you know, it's these two great players that's underrated. People focus on the flaws and then it's like other people like, I don't realize how good these guys are. And it's like, no, because it's this whole we expect everything to be finished we expect everyone to be finished products, so we ignore the work done. So it's kind of like, you know, Joel's played three, Ben's played two. Why aren't they finished? And I'm like, I could imagine how y'all been talking about Shaq. If Twitter, if Twitter was around, like we <laughs> forgot how long it took Steve. Like Steve Nash was, was a bum for like, how many years? He didn't just, he wasn't, he didn't become Steve Nash like MVP like what six seven years in a right system i won't take how lowry did but jermaine o'neal barely played oh. his in portland jordan getting over the pistons can you imagine every loss jordan when it took over the pistons when <laughs> twitter was I, around i remember reading the stories about it when twitter wasn't around so i can only imagine how twitter was but you know that's just sort of this so and the same thing with football it's like it's all about image ain't like that i just want to wrap up with something speaking about image because I watched bits and pieces at Cleveland Jets game. And the joy I got from Odell Beckham dunking on the Jets after Greg Williams just talking that shit about I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if you're a dynamic playmaker. Like, what you doing? Like, you know. And seeing that and then hearing Daniel Jones is the starting QB. And I'm like, 
you had probably not even argue, the best offensive player in Giants history in his prime. You trade him away for some picks that you hopefully might get somebody as good as him. You probably won't. And then he's out there in his old stadium just lighting up the Jets. And you could have had him. You had him. You gave him away. And then Greg Williams, who somehow still has a job, and I don't even know how, just don't look. If they're not criminals, and if they aren't bad people, and you got a chance to get a good player, you get them. Jacksonville's going to trade Jalen Ramsey. Everyone's going to justify the trade. Jalen Ramsey's going to be an all-pro somewhere else. Tom Coughlin's going to be retired in a year and, and dead in five, and Doug Rose is going to be fired. And then all of a sudden, people are going to I can't believe Jacksonville traded Jalen Ramsey. Nobody learned it like no one learned a lesson from Atlanta Falcons with Deion Sanders about how that go. Yeah. It was like, you know, that's normally when you have a great player in your prime and you get rid of them, that does not turn out well for your team. Like it's exceptions when the players like lazy, like Albert Hainsworth, or this kind of like, you know, it I just use, you know, Jerry Rice. San Francisco thought he was done. They had Terrell Owens, they let him go. He played what seven more, like six, seven more years on on the Raiders. He was going to was on a Pro Bowl and almost like age forty. So, and that's a situation where Jerry Rice already played for a long time, was already like old when he did that. Jalen Ramsey's young; he's not even on his second contract yet. Mm. What's the chance that Jacksonville going to draft somebody as good as him? Um, not likely. Yeah, it's like you don't. And as an Eagles fan, I always like, yeah, like certain players you you put draft capital in, you know, tackles, offensive, defensive linemen, and QB. Everybody else, you get them how you get them. If it's trade, free agency, whatever, you get them how you get them. That's this whole, oh, we can just always draft. Or if you can, drafting is hard. Like Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. one of his success things is, he has as many chances he believes and has as many draft picks as possible because, like, you're going to blow a lot. And he blows a lot. But if you have eight and you get two right, people might bring up the six you blow, but it's like, well, I got two Pro Bowlers. I got a Pro Bowl and a starter. I'm good. So the fact that teams keep doing that and, like, you know, people get mad making this patch and going to pick his team, Jalen Rams want to pick his team. I'm like, the Dolphins tanking. Why would I want to stay there? <laughs> Jacksonville ain't paying me. They don't respect me. Why would I want to stay there? For what? Coaches leave all the time. And guess what? If he wasn't good and it wasn't and money was an issue, they just waive him. Contract or no contract. So yeah, I want to hear all that. Just turn into the NBA. Steve Young said, good. The NBA, the NBA got it smart. Well, on that note, we will close out episode number two of a bully and a hipster podcast. And we'll be back next week talking more and more NFL. Uh, yeah, I'm out. Peace. <laughs>